Welcome to the Unforeseen Journey podcast with myself, Glenn Oliver. The intention of this podcast is to dig into my experiences of what is commonly referred to as the midlife crisis. I want to share with you my own journey as I unpick the why behind the what in the hope that through these conversations, it helps you to live a more intentional and fulfilling life. In the show, I want to share with you why I believe this is something we should all be talking about way more in the hope that others who go through this are supported and able to navigate this incredibly challenging time in their lives. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Hey everyone, hope you're doing okay. So welcome to the Unforeseen Journey podcast with myself, Glenn Oliver. Episode five this week, and we're going to get into talking about one of the big reasons that I um, believe that I went through this kind of transitional period or this kind of uh, midlife crisis, if we're going to call it that, in the last few years. Um, but first of all, I wanted to say uh, thank you <clears throat> to everyone who's reached out to me since I recorded the last episode. It was uh, really humbling and really um, nice to know that um, me putting myself out there and kind of talking about this thing, which obviously is, <clears throat> is quite awkward and uncomfortable, has uh, has helped a few of you. And I guess it's just confirmed to me that this is the direction I need to go in with this if I want to um, create an impact and achieve what I want in this life. And that is, you know, genuinely to help people live a a more authentic and fulfilling life. And I think sharing my own journey and my own thoughts on it is um, hopefully not too convoluted. And I hope that through continuing this, you you find some value in it. I think as I'm starting to recognize how much of um, this podcast is going to form a part of my future, um, I really want to grow it and expand it and bring people in to have conversations who I think can add to this this um, this narrative and this this point and this topic. And I guess because of the feedback I've received, it's clear to me that this is a conversation that is worthy of having and many, many people go through it. And when I say many, many people, I think it's worth also noting that it's not just men. Uh, I've had more than 50% of the people who reached out to me in the last week to say thank you have been women. So it's really front of mind for me now that as I move into this, uh, the language I use won't be uh, male centric. It's, it's for all of us because quite clearly and obviously it's not just men who have the exclusive right to reach some midpoint in life and start to question uh, where they are and what they're doing and, and what's next to them. So um, my apologies if uh, the language has been uh, geared that way, but um, it's, it's not going to be that way moving forward. So hopefully it feels way more inclusive now. Um, and what's become also also clear to me is part of this journey I'm on, I guess, at the moment is um, obviously my background is, is that of a, a fitness coach over the last 10 years. And um, that's kind of what I've lent into as I've, I've got out of owning a gym and it's still something I love doing, don't get me wrong, but as I'm moving into recognizing what I want to achieve for the, the latter half of my life, what I want my, my legacy to be, if you can call it that without sounding too cliched, it is to have an impact on people to help them live a more fulfilling life. So um, I'm recognizing now that, that coaching for me in some way will always form a part of that. And uh, undoubtedly it will evolve from, you know, just fitness, nutrition, lifestyle coaching into something a bit more, but this serves to honor that mission as well. So 
rather than this just being an opportunity for me be me to try and sell you into coaching i want this to be independent of that and if conversations arise around coaching as a result of this that's great but if you just listen to this take something from it and move forward into life and are able to you know consider things a bit differently then i will have won so yeah thank you taking the time to listen um if you find some value in this show please make sure you subscribe to the channel and equally you know it's early days for me so if there's anyone you know who would appreciate or value the things that i'm talking about please uh, share this with them so um i can i can reach more people through these these conversations so yeah again talking about today let's get into it <clears throat> and um first off uh, the, the the naming of the midlife crisis and i think over this week i've really tried to think you know what what does this mean what does the naming of it mean and how can we change that to something that is a bit more empowering and not um not full of kind of this implication of um kind of negative language and um and failure almost if you if you go through this so i guess, I guess for me is i'm starting to go through this transition in life and having gone through this midlife crisis if we're going to call it that it feels more like an awakening um than anything else um i guess essentially there there are things that change and there is stress that comes from change but i in no way feel that having gone through this um is ruining ruining or taking away from my life i do believe wholeheartedly that it is enabling me to live a more um intentional and fulfilling life so uh, language is really important so we're, we're going to just stick with calling it the midlife crisis but i just want you to know now i don't believe it's a, a negative thing i think it's uh, absolutely a, a positive opportunity to um, consider what is next for us so if you're going through it right now whilst it may seem overwhelming daunting and um, you may be struggling to see the other side of it there is another side of it i'm i'm there i'm pushing forward with it and um it it gets a lot lot better and actually you start to live a completely different version of the life thing you've had before and one which honestly feels a lot more full of purpose so yeah cool so today i wanted to start to dig into one of um the reasons i believe that i experienced this this moment this this crisis this shedding of the past and questioning and everything like that and i think over the next few weeks i'm going to dig into each one of these kind of contributory factors um, and in those conversations there's going to be talking about mental health talking about relationships talking about my career and uh so you need to be aware if you find those things triggering that they, those things may come up and it's not my intention to think that I know anything about what you're going through. I just want to share what I have been through um, and hopefully in that there'll be some commonality and you can at least feel not not, not alone in this. So yeah, so today um, one of the big things for me, one of the big reasons that I think I went through this um, time is age uh, i'm 42 years old i'm you know probably past that that midpoint in life and in the, the second half of my life now and 
I believe that one of the big contributory factors for me was reaching this kind of midpoint in life. I think it was probably around the age of 40 that this probably this process started to happen for me. Um, and there are a number of factors that I want to talk about why, why that happened today. Um, but my intention with this um, is to discuss the only known future or outcome that we all are going to experience in our lives, and that is death. Um, and if you find this awkward to listen to, I appreciate that, but I would urge you to listen even more because the fact that you're finding it awkward to listen to probably is a clue that this is something you, you may find some value in. Hopefully if you can get to the end of it and I kind of run through the notes that I prepared and it all makes sense. So stick with it. You know, it's not a cheery subject, but um, I think there is positivity in the things we're going to talk about today because it's going to help you lead a more examined life um, and I, I think that that's that's part of, of it so what happened to me so I hit 40 um, and I could remember my mum and dad being 40 I could remember that point I could remember their their 40th birthdays and I remember thinking at that time uh, wow my mum and dad are really old <laughs> and um, now I'm there and how did that happen and it's uh, one of those classic things isn't it your parents or your elders always say you know look time goes quick and it genuinely does doesn't it it does at a certain point I think like you know 20 plus you know you click your fingers and you find yourself here so that was one of the reasons behind it the other reason was um, is that I have a young daughter, Adeline, who's three now. So I've obviously started really late in life uh, as a parent. Uh, many reasons for that. I, I definitely wasn't ready any time before this. Um, but now, having having got her, it, it just it just changes everything, doesn't it? And so I became aware, uh, having her later in life, that um, that I wasn't going to see her whole story, and that that put some fear into me and it made me really think wow I want to be around for as much of her story as I can get to see I want to see her grow into this this you know beautiful woman that I know she she is going to be and um it it scared me hitting 40 having a really young daughter and thinking wow like um you know in 20 years time I'm going she's going to be 20 I'm going to be 60 like I still want to be not a, not just around but like fit and active and able to be um you know, an active participant in her life and to be a supportive and loving father figure to her. So it, that was, that was the second part of it. And I guess in, in that, uh, that moment of hitting 40, I, I also recognized that that, that, that is generally a midpoint in life. And, you know, the summers in front of me could well be less than the summers behind me and that's a that's a scary thing for for a person to experience isn't it because we just uh, you know for me certainly you're just going on in life like pretending like it's going to go on forever but i became acutely aware at this point that hey my days are actually numbered and um you know what what's going to be next and for me it was also about considering the fact that yeah while i'm you know i theoretically could admit be at a midpoint you know, if I live to 80 years old, what are the last 40 years going to be like? Not just in the amount of time I have, but the quality of the time I have. 
And so that was one of the, the, the big things that entered into my head. So I remember my mum and dad being 40, just had a young daughter and then became acutely aware of, of um, the, the finite nature of existence. Because I think up until that point, I'd done what everyone else done. You just kind of live your life with the blinkers on as if, as if we're going to live forever, which I think is, um, which is, I don't know. I have thought about this for a long time. I guess we, we do it because thinking about death is very morbid. Um, as much as we're going to talk about this today, I don't think we're ever going to get to that end point and be completely content with the, the story finishing or the ride ending. No, we always, we would always love another go around a ride, but I think, uh, it's about getting to the end point and honoring that and accepting that, but equally taking stop and stock and looking back and going, well, you know, I've had a good time and I've lived my life for me and it's, um, it's, it's been, been a journey for sure. So that was part of it. Of it. And because of reaching this point, um, it made me really question what I was doing with my life. Uh, it made me question in particular, my profession and running a business because I was under incredible amount of stress at that time. And you start to become aware of longevity and the years you have left. And you have to look at what you're doing and you go, well, I'm under an incredible amount of stress for what right now for something that isn't really providing for my family, it isn't really fulfilling me. And it's just, you know, incredibly stressful. So that's part of it. Also made me question my relationship, um, which I will, you know, dig into this and the career kind of side of it in another relationship, another uh, episode. But I, I, I was aware that, um, I wasn't in a relationship that was really um, authentic to who I was. And I didn't think we were the right people for each other, but equally we'd, you know, brought, uh, brought our daughter into the world and, um, you know, she was an amazing mum. but I just didn't think we were the right people for each other. And that was uh, by and large because of my own shortcomings as a man at the start of the relationship and, and not being um, authentic to her about who I was and, um, and what I was like. And so this all kind of compiled into this big, big thing, which I think caused a lot of the other, th the other the kind of decisions and um, uh, steps to kind of transpire as they did after that. And I remember uh, hearing around this time a a podcast, uh, Joe Rogan podcast, which I, I don't listen to them. I mean, you can't listen to it all. They're so long, aren't they? But I remember hearing one with a guy called Naval Ravikant on, and um, I would really encourage you to, to to search him out. He's I think he's one of the inver first investors in Twitter. Really incredible guy, and he he said on this podcast, and it's something that stuck with me, and it stuck with me so much so it's just like burned into my brain. Is that um, a man has two lives? And the second one starts when he realizes he only has one. I think this, this wasn't his quote. It was, I found out Com Confucius, who was a Chinese philosopher. And this is, um, you know, from hundreds and hundreds of years ago, this, this, this quote was from, and that was, that was genuinely where I was at. I was acutely aware at that moment as I hit my 40th kind of year that, um, I only had one life and the days were numbered on that life and um, it was up to me and no one else to figure out what mattered to me. And so it was uh, a big jumping off point, I guess, when I, when I had that noticing, I had that realization, it forced me to 
question everything. It really did. And it made me realize again that I had probably lived a large part of my life with the blinkers on that I'd been unaware and unfocused and unpresent and just been going through the motions of what I felt like I should be doing, you know, what society said I should be doing, what I should aspire to. Um, and, um, so yeah, it was a, a big, big turning point for me. And I think, uh, the, the, one of the biggest, or if not the, the biggest factor of why I started to question everything, which led to this, this moment of transition in my life. I think for me, recognizing this and talking about this now, um, the unfortunate thing is we all live our lives believing that death is something far off into the future, but none of us know how long we have. We don't, uh, we can think we do, we can work on best guesses and estimates and some of us will reach that end point. Some of us will get to that old age and have a great quality of life and get there. But many of us won't. And I think it's important to, for me in this conversation to urge you to recognize that and to stop delaying on the things which you know you should be doing now um, because you're justifying that you will do it tomorrow, next week, next year. It's, I've seen it so much in coaching, which I want to go on and talk about a bit today is that it's, we live in a society where it's almost like permitted for us to defer or making a good decision today because we justify it by saying we'll make a better decision tomorrow. But what if tomorrow never comes? What if retirement never comes? What if the things you want to achieve never actually come to fruition what happens then what happens then surely the, the most important thing is now and living in this moment and being fully aware and present about what you are doing now so why does this matter to me why does having this conversation matter to me well, it matters to me because i think at my core and this again i've thought about this a lot over this week is that I have a deep, deep pull within me to help people live a life that they are conscious of, aware of, and they are fulfilled in. That doesn't mean there won't be stress. Life will always be stressful. It doesn't mean there won't be problems. Life will always throw problems at us. But I kind of have this, the best way I describe it is I, you know, I just want to kind of shake people and go, look, just open your eyes. Like, I want you to have a good experience here. I want you to enjoy this. Um, I want you to, to to be conscious of what you're doing. And so that's why why this is really, really important to me is to have this conversation. Uh, part of this, I think, stems back to, if you listen to the first episode, that that, <laughs> that, that moment in Ibiza when I, I kind of had this uh, awakening, if you'd call it, this this moment of recognizing that the, um, uh, the outer world achievements which i'd been aspiring to up until that point were really hollow and empty and i was immediately connected in that moment to this inner feeling of love and connection and fulfillment and also in a weird way became conscious of the fact that 
we are we are part of a, a single player experience in life but we're also so interconnected and we live our lives um deferring taking responsibility for the state of the world because we believe that what matters most is our own experience of it but how can we how can we truly impact the world if we don't try and help everyone and we just focus on ourselves but it's kind of you know the the society within which we live we're taught to be kind of selfish i guess and so it matters so much to me in saying look the best thing you can do is help others and contribute and to to make sure we're all having a good time this isn't just about you having a good time and so that was a that was a big thing for me and that's really why this matters secondly through coaching a lot of people over the last 10 years I've coached a lot of people who externally have all the things you would want to achieve that you would consider would give you success and therefore happiness. You know, great jobs, great homes, good relationships, etc., etc. They've got all they're ticking all the boxes, all the stuff, all the stuff and the things. But generally, generally, and I would say this is like more common than not many of these people are deeply unhappy inside they're unhappy because they feel trapped doing a job that is uh, affording them the lifestyle they built but they hate what they do every day they hate their jobs in particular that's that's the common thing i see they hate their jobs they hate doing it they're deeply miserable and happy and they've told themselves the story that that's the way this is, should be that's the way it should be and it's a, it's a, it's hard for me being honest, sharing this with you, stepping out into the world now and just drawing a line in the sand and telling you, no, it shouldn't be that way. That is simply the story you've told yourself to um, justify why you're not pursuing actually what you want to do in this lifetime. And I get we have responsibilities. If you've got a family and things like that, 100% have got responsibilities. But I believe there is always a way to pursue actually really what you want to do inside um, in this lifetime. And if you are making the excuse to yourself that this just is the way it should be, well, I'm sorry, but well, that's bullshit. So I know that's going to ruffle some feathers and you're going to say, well, you're just sitting on your soapbox saying that. Um, and maybe I am maybe i'm wrong but ultimately um, i don't believe i am wrong so that's why i'm saying it and if you, if you don't agree with me then then fine then go on and crack on and uh, hate your job and live your life and then let's see how you feel at the end of it all and that's what i want to talk about today uh, similar to this was my time in the police and still now i know many people in that job who are giving everything to get to their retirement and i've known many many people who have made it there just about they get their retirement and then one to three to five years later they're, they're dead and my argument here is that you know the best years of your life are happening right now in front of you and if you are living your life today on a a, a future that you aren't you aren't guaranteed that you don't know is going to happen then I'm worried for you and I want more for you. So I'm sorry if I sound, um, I don't know, like 
sorry if I sound like a dick by saying this, but I don't really care because I only care about you. <laughs> I don't care about your job. I don't care about you sacrificing yourself for your job. I just care about you living a fulfilling life. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have a profession. We shouldn't have a craft. I absolutely think we should do. But I do believe that we all should work towards finding something we do that lifts us up and doesn't bring us down. And here's, here's the truth of it. I can't possibly tell you how to live your life and what it is you should do. But I do care deeply about you living a life that matters to you. And I do especially care about you getting to that, those final days of having the ability to look back on your life and to not be full of regret. And I'm conscious as I continue to have this conversation as someone who has been a fitness coach for a number of years that I'm stepping well out of my lane, but I'm leaning into that now because it feels like that's kind of what I've wanted to do for a number of years is to just put this out into the world and to shout as loud as possible. And if 20 people hear this, that's fine. If 50 people hear this, that's fine. I have no uh, attachment to the outcome, but I still need to say this because it's within me to, to say it. And, you know, the collective experience I see happening in front of me of the, the world is not one where I think people are largely fulfilled and happy. Everyone seems unfulfilled and bloody miserable. So that says to me that there's got to be another way, another way to go. So I hope that kind of makes sense. I hope that kind of makes sense. And I hope it doesn't sound too convoluted, as I said. And I hope you can see that why I'm talking about this is because it's something I've gone through, I've considered, and it's something I'm still considering now moving forward. And uh, all I want for you as someone who's listening to this is the, the best possible experience of the days we have on this planet. So what do we do with this information? Now we... <laughs> We're having this open conversation about the, the fact that our days are numbered and, you know, we don't know how long we have. How, how do I, how do I kind of massage this into a way where you walk away from listening to this and think, okay, that was pretty uh, raw to hear, but there's given me some things to think about and some, some ways to take this forward and maybe um, improve my experience of, of this world. And I'm going to share a few of my thoughts with you on that now for what it's worth. Firstly, I'm going to talk about something that was in a book that I would say is a book that I've only read recently, but it's going to be in probably my top three books of my, my lifetime, just simply because of how it's made me start to question um, things I consume, what I'm doing day to day, and the simplicity and beauty of it. It's a book called The Tools, and it's written by a guy called uh, Phil Stutz. I can't remember the name of the other author, but this guy, Phil Stutz, is a, a psychotherapist, and there's actually a, a Netflix documentary on on him I think called Stutz which I would encourage you to watch um because this guy is just the bloody legend and um you know when you hear someone you kind of go oh yeah they've they've, they've got it figured out haven't they and that was that was what I found and just reading this book it really um it's really helped me to even have this today like before recording this I did a couple of the exercises from the book just to enable me to find my strength in my voice to better talk about something which is 
you know, inherently uncomfortable to talk about, um, but I think is a value. I wouldn't do this without that. So it's, um, it's been really helpful. So one of the, one of the things, one of the tools it kind of describes, which I'll just kind of um, summarize it here, but again, I'd encourage you to go and um, check it out is this kind of, when you're kind of any, any point in life where you're kind of struggling with what you're doing and things like that, like consider, um, visualize this, the deathbed version of you. So in 20, 30, 40 years from now, imagine you, you know, in your final couple of days, sitting on your deathbed and you kind of, you know, at that point you're going to know, right. You're going to know about the experiences you've had. You're going to know what matters to you as a person and you're going to be able to look at your life at any point and kind of go, no, don't do that. That's not what you should be doing right now. Do this instead. And so it's really helped me in relation to using my time more effectively, considering what I want to do to consider, Hey, what would the, what would the deathbed version of me say to me right now? As I do this, would they say, yeah, that's, that's cool. Crack on with that. That's, that's, that's what you should be doing. Well done. Good job. Or would they say, no, stop that. That's an absolute waste of your time. Um, don't do it. And yeah, truly, we're never going to get to a point where we're never going to live a life of no regret. I, you know, I definitely have, but I think it's moving towards a life where you are more intentional and you're more aware of what you're doing. And I think this exercise really helps you with that, that, you know, that, that deathbed you <laughs> looking at what you're doing right now. Um, because I think it's really easy to slip into, um, uh, automated and unconscious behaviors, but hopefully this exercise should help you to take you out of that. And I think this is also a good thing to do if you're, um, afraid of making bold decisions, which you know, in your heart are the right decision, but you're not doing it for whatever reason. I think this is a good exercise. And secondly, this is similar to kind of, um, kind of a lot of stoic philosophy, which I'm really, really into, uh, in the last few years, uh, you know, uh, the book with the, the daily stoic, I've, I've read probably two years, three years on the trot now, which is just like a short paragraph of stoic philosophy. Um, and a lot of stoic philosophy can sound inherently morbid and, you know, in a conversation around death today, why well, I'm just going to lean into it and, and own it. But, um, uh, one of the exercises I remember from stoic philosophy is this kind of, uh, the last time philosophy. So it's this idea that we never know when the last time is we're going to do something. So, you know, if you're a parent, you know, the last time you're going to pick up and cuddle your child, the last time they're going to want to you know, crawl into bed with you at night and give you a cuddle. Um, you know, we, we never, we very rarely know when the last time of anything is going to be. And so what does that mean for us? Well, it means for us, that we should value every one of those moments, no matter how small they are, because we, we don't know when the last time is, uh, and again, very morbid. <laughs> and if this is uncomfortable for you to listen to, then I would suggest that that's probably even more of a reason why you should consider what we're talking about today, because ultimately what I'm getting at with the whole of this conversation is helping you live a life that is more fulfilling and helping you be aware of living a life that's more fulfilling. Um, I think the vast majority of people in my experience, 
live their lives with the blinkers on. They go through the motions of what they should do. And before they know it, a time is up. And as you can probably tell, <laughs> I don't want that for you. But in truth, and here's the thing, here's the, the caveat of going on this journey is that um, awareness is inherently um, uncomfortable because it's really easy to live in ignorance. It's really easy to live your life with the blinkers on and to pretend and to tell yourself that this is what it is. But as soon as you see it, you can't unsee it. Uh, an analogy I would, I've, I've considered quite a bit having gone through this and hopefully I won't get sued by Warner Brothers is it's kind of like being unplugged from the matrix. And when, when you kind of see the futility and the emptiness and the shallowness of the outer world, which we're taught to value, um, it, it creates kind of a frustration because you kind of go well what what actually truly matters and how if that if that isn't important what is important and that creates friction and it creates um questioning but i want to lean into that i want you to lean into that and i want you to embrace this because for me this isn't about finding answers it's about the search for the answers and search for the truth and awareness and uh, mastery or whatever you want to call it, living a, a life of fulfillment and purpose isn't about knowing the answers. It's just, just the investigation of it itself, which is almost the solution. Um, and I know, I know that sounds really convoluted, but um, I, I can't think of a succinct way to put it right now, but you've got two choices in life. You can live your life in ignorance or you can live your life aware and awareness creates discomfort because you've got to question and you've got to self-investigate, but that's the only way for you to find fulfillment, which is a hard thing to hard pill to swallow or blue pill, red pill, whatever you call it. So I guess for me and sharing you this hopefully tying this back to sharing where I'm at with it. It's getting to an end point, wherever that is, if it's five years, 10 years or 15 years, where I can look back on my life and for whatever part of it, I feel like I've lived a, lived a more considered and authentic life that is fulfilling to what I believe, to the experiences I want to have. And I will tell you now, for me at least, none of that is about stuff or things. It's about moments, moments of connection, moments of love, moments of happiness. And deeper than that, it's probably about this, this, this contribution, just feeling like, okay, I've helped a few people navigate life in such a way that they've had a better experience of it. So that's my own version of it, but yours will be probably entirely different as, as it should be. So I guess the question to ask you is, if you died tomorrow, how would you feel about the time you've had on this planet? How would you feel about it? And if you feel like, you know, you've not lived up to what you want at this moment, I know that's hard. I'm there. I'm there with you. I'm feeling it too. 
but this surely should light a fire in your belly to go and go and live that life to go and find what that is not to just shy away from it and to think that owning the next iphone is going to be the solution to your problems because it's not it, it really isn't so i wanted to finish today um on something i read and you probably heard this before top five regrets of people in a nursing home on their deathbed and i researched this a little bit and this all rings true to the things we're going to talk about and we talked about today and so i guess harping on about this you know beating a drum and going around in circles on a point i think is is um is valid in this case because it's a message that needs to be kind of reinforced and so this is from people who have been in nursing homes kind of on their deathbeds and they've they've asked a number of people you know what your what your regrets in life and these are the top five kind of common ones that come up and number one this is the most common one and this is so intertwined to what i've said and my experience of it is not having the courage to live a life true to yourself and not realizing that you do have a choice that's the top one it's the top regret of people on their deathbeds just just sit with that number two and this one is apparently really common for guys but i think you know if, if, just as much for women as well now i'm sure is that they wish they didn't work as hard they wish they didn't work as hard we spend so much of our time working so much and even more so now in this world like in this day-to-day -day age it's like the, the lines are blurred we're doing more we've decided that it's okay to hustle and grind away etc etc but these people have lived that life they've given everything they've got to their deathbed and they said they regretted it so why don't we listen to them number three i wish i'd had the courage to express my feelings and if it's not clear that is exactly why i'm doing this now it's extremely hard to share these things and to to share the truth inside i've i've been really shit at it my whole life i've hid behind a mask um, but i'm leaning into that now i'm leaning into just having the courage to say what i feel uh, regardless of um regardless of the outcome number four wish i stayed in touch with my friends this is super common you can imagine as life gets really busy and it's something i'm still really conscious of now and still need to work on seeing my friends more and if you're listening to this you're one of my friends then give me a message let's figure something out all right let's let's make it work because there's never gonna be a perfect time number five um i wish i'd let myself be happier and again, this, this is a choice. Uh, there's so much to this in that I, I think this could be an episode of itself is that I think, um, happiness is, it kind of feels like it's elusive thing, but there's a choice in every moment to, to, to live the life you want to live and to, to view everything and to kind of be the master of your own fate. <clears throat> and, uh, I guess all I want from you and all I want for myself is to live a more happier life. And I think that comes from living a life of intention of living a life of awareness and getting off this consumer consumption train of mindlessly plugging away, thinking that these things are going to provide us with what we all feel like we want in our soul, which is some kind of happiness and connection. 
it's cliche. This is super cliche. And I didn't, I wrote it down. I was like, do I want to say this? But I think for me, it's, it's so, so front of mind right now is that uh, when you get to that final moment, do you think you're going to have, do you think your final memory is going to be about the things you owned or the moments you've experienced? I don't think it's going to be about the things you owned. So don't let the things you own own you and take away from your ability to actually create and enjoy the moments that we have in this lifetime. Cool. So moving forward, take stock of where you are right now, own it, accept it. It's going to be awkward and uncomfortable. And if you've listened to this 41 minutes in, um, I, I don't know how you're feeling right now. I hope it's helped you a bit. Um, and I hope it's going to help you to start a conversation and to start questioning really what matters to you. Uh, again, I don't expect this to be an easy process for you. Um, but out the other side of it, there is, I think, an opportunity for you to find fulfillment. So, yeah, awareness is uncomfortable, but the alternative is to live in ignorance. And, I, you know, if you're listening to this, then it's kind of impossible for you to do that because I'm harping on about the fact that that's not what I think we should be doing. Cool. So thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. Um, I've got on a bit longer than last week, and um, I guess that's maybe because I prepared notes, and this is a really big thing for me to talk about. And if I'm honest, um, one which I could probably to continue to talk about for, for a number of hours beyond this. Um, if you would like to have a conversation with me, one-to-one -one about this, and you, you're struggling kind of where you're at right now and uh, this conversation's maybe overwhelmed you then I, I don't want to leave you hanging so you know reach out to me uh, you can find me on the Instagram at coach Glenn Oliver um, he's got my my phone number on as well you can just drop me a whatsapp or just give me a ring um, and happy to talk to anyone and everyone out there who is maybe struggling with this right now as you can probably tell I don't have the answers and as I said in the last episode I don't think anyone has the answers to all this but I think um None of this is about having the answers. It's about getting you to ask the right questions of yourself. So, so yeah, cool. Have a great week. Enjoy the weekend. I am taking Addy to the cinema on Saturday evening uh, to see Puss in Boots. That's going to be good fun. Um, and, yeah, it should be a good rest of the week. So, yeah, take care. See you later. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the podcast with me today. I just wanted to say uh, I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy life to listen to me and if you found value in it please subscribe to the channel and if there's anyone you know who would benefit from listening to this please please share the podcast and help others um, who may be going through this thank you so much